Steph's the goat. That's that. That was the the point of the All Star game was Steph's the goat. Y'all need to stop, baby. Y'all need to stop comparing me with that baby boy Lillard. He's good on his own, but boy, I am the goat. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, there's no beef today. It's <laughs> there's no beef today. It's peaceful today, man. <laughs> Finally, peace on here. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 14 of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. Uh, we've got a lot of topics to cover today, but before we even get there, we've got a very special guest with us today, Mr. Adam, who is getting, currently getting his ass whooped in fantasy. How you Egyptian doing, Eminem, okay, let's go. Yalla Habibi. Hey everyone, how you doing? Hope everyone is doing all right this week. I am currently being slapped by 600 points in my fantasy matchup. It's been a rough week, but the guy I'm playing is top of the league by 300 points, so it is what it is. And we yeah, move. Playoffs yeah, soon it's, come. It's a, it's a rough week, bro. Mm. <laughs> How you doing, Vino Novo? How you guys doing? I'm all right, man. I just I closed the window just now because you guys probably heard some interference on the mic, to be honest. A hailstorm started going on outside. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck out of. We just sitting here. It wasn't even raining. Just random just hail starts falling. Anyway, I'm alright, man. Been stressed with work and shit. Otherwise, it's been alright, man. It's life. COVID. Yeah. Noble, how you doing? I'm an OKC fan. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's a, it's a sad existence for you guys right now. Um, as I mentioned, there's, there's a lot to get to today. Um, but if you already haven't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review um, and follow us on social media, PF underscore HT on Instagram, PF underscore HT pod on Twitter. Twitter account is, there's barely any tweets going out right now, but we will get on that ASAP. Um, I guess it, it, the biggest news that happened this past week or, or biggest event was the NBA All-Star Game um, or All-Star Day. I was going to say weekend. Um, everything was just kind of forced into that one, what, f- five-hour window there. So let's start there. What was your biggest takeaway from the All-Star Weekend? Steph's the GOAT. That's, that, that was the yeah, the point of the All-Star game was Steph's the GOAT. Y'all need to stop, baby. Y'all need to stop comparing me with that baby boy Lillard. He's good on his own, but boy, I am the GOAT. That's what he said on All-Star Weekend. All I know is LeBron and Steph looked so happy together. So inspirational. Look Steph at Curry, to man. the Lakers. <laughs> Next oh. year, Steph to the Lakers. Clay's going to come the year after. And <laughs> Draymond is going to be assistant coach. And LeBron's oh, still going to be there in the league on his 20th year or something. And Bronny's going to come in and they're going to win every ring this year. Apart from this year, this is the Knicks' year. Next year, <laughs> year after, year after, all Lakers. You got to love Knicks fans and being the Let's go. Yo, you know the name of the podcast, guys. No one should be surprised at this point. Hey. No, but yeah. you, you started this. You opened Pandora's box saying, he good with that little boy Lillard. Don't compare him to that little boy Lillard. I'm sorry, Dude. don't compare Steph to Lillard. I, I totally agree. Dame, <coughs> Dame, Dame is cold. There's no, there's no cap about that. Dame is cold. He's a, he's a game time player. If you need him to finish, to finish the game for you, he'll do it. But Steph is going to do that. And he's going to do that three, four times better. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. 
Yeah. You know what? Do you, should I tell you something? Let me tell you. I feel like the reason why Lillard is hyped or Lillard's hype has been really, really been pushed. I'm not. Yo, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Lillard is worth his stock. Damien Lillard is a cold ass boy, but it's disrespectful to the history of the game when a man comes in the league and starts doing something. This little whippersnapper just came in. The, I know he look old. I know he's old. I know he's old. He's what, 30, 30 something. But bro, this guy been in the league for a little while. He's just, he's still, he's just becoming like, he's now a veteran in terms of NBA age. Like he was not a veteran before. He was not considered, he plays like a veteran, but he just got it. He just entered the league old, bro. Yo, y'all forget that. That nigga was old when he came into the league. Now, your guys comparing him to Steph Curry is disrespectful as fuck because Steph Curry has been doing Steph Curry things since Steph Curry came into the league, too. No, Steph was injured his first couple of years. Steph and Damian Lillard really took off at the same time. His first couple of years, he was still doing 40%. I'm just, yo, don't get me on this. I'm not saying the scoring thing. I'm talking about the shooting thing because that's where, that's what you, that's, it pissed me off. It, it, it hit me, bro. It hit me in the sore spot because Dame is a cold shooter, bro. But Steph Curry is a definition of shooting. He is a definition. You don't you don't compare a word with the dictionary, bro. It's different. Yeah, but then I feel like Dame Dame is is a better closer than Steph. It's not even I Definitely. feel like this is Definitely. this is facts. So to say that you can't compare Dame to Steph, it's like, bro, but this, like one guy is a pure, sh- or both guys are pure shooters, if we're being honest. But one guy is also closer. So you can't just disrespect him by saying, nah. You Actually, nah, him. again, again, that's what, this is what I'm saying. This is the eye test. Oh my days, this is the eye test. Let so me tell you why. Let me, t- let, let me tell you why, because Lillard has been on, unfortunate, he's on a team, yet yeah, that is good but not good enough to compete with the best so he he has to always put on a show for them to get over the top that's why that's why all eyes have been on litter they've seen what he has to do because he had to do it steph curry don't have to do that i mean you guys need to remember steph curry back from the um go uh, we believe days when golden state was actually frantic and didn't have nothing to do steph curry used to do some cold bro even yeah, before yeah. before the KD days, when and when Golden State was Golden State, when they the season when they lost out to the Clippers, Steph Curry used to have to carry. I mean, when he said winning his MVP seasons and everything, the reason why Steph Curry is Steph Curry is that he doesn't even let the game get close. He doesn't really have a lot of those game time moments. Not like Leonard. Almost every single game he's playing, like every three to four. Like I'm saying, like if the if the Blazers have five games, three out of four or five out of four out of those five games, he has to do hero ball for them to win. Steph Curry. I mean, this season now he has to do that. But before this season, it it was one out of those five games because for the rest of those games they're dominating. Do you guys need to respect the respect the fact that he dominates so he doesn't have to close per se? Look, look at the stats, fam. That's what I'm going to say. Look at the stats. And just to tack on to that, I'm sorry, no, but this is going to open a wound. But let's not pretend that Steph can't even close the game. Let's not forget the OKC overtime. Steph, uh, Warriors have a timeout, decide not to use it. Steph Curry, bang. He can still close out games. Look, he just is, don't need to. It is what it is, but Steph Curry is great. He's better than Damian Lillard, and he always will be. No cap. However, Noble, Noble, it's not disrespectful to compare them because my theory, in 2016, in that game seven, if that was Damian Lillard and not Stephen Curry, I don't think they lose that game. If that was Damian Lillard, they don't get there. 
No, 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 no. That's not true. I think Damian Lillard on those Warriors teams with that coaching does a similar thing to Steph Curry. Not to the same level, but a similar thing. They would still make it to the finals. I think in that they game seven, finals. in that game seven, Damian Lillard would have slowed the game down. He wouldn't have committed the behind-the-back pass turnover, stuff oh, like that. God. He would have slowed the game down. He would have taken LeBron one-on-one. You, you forget, Steph Curry, I'll be real with you, Kevin Love clamped him. Kevin Love clamped Facts. him. And I'm not saying he can be clamped all the time one-on-one, but I'm saying there are times when Stephen Curry is very unsuccessful in one-on-one play in late-game situations because he's more of a player who likes to move without the ball, and that's just as good, if not better, because it's more efficient. But when the time comes in the playoffs and you need to slow the game down, one-on-one, I saw ball, the Portland Trailblazers with Carmelo Anthony, Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum, are a problem, and Damian Lillard is the head of that. And he is the guy who, if the shot is there to take, he will take it, and he will make it. Mm. Facts. I mean, um, I guess moving to uh, from the from All-Star weekend, or, or All-Star day, to the, to the news that them near broke or, or exceeded the, the All-Star hype, Blake Griffin to the Nets. Um... Blake Griffin currently, uh, well, before the trade, was averaging 12 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists for the Pistons. Obviously, this man wasn't playing his best basketball. Um, you could you could tell that he was just kind of, he was out of it for the most part. The team knew it, he knew it, and now he's on the Nets, who are an actual championship contender, if not uh, the favorites to win it all. Um, do you think the Blake Griffin trade actually makes any kind of difference for the Nets uh, moving forward? We'll start with uh, we'll we'll start with Adam this time. How about that? Go on, Adam. See, thing is, the Nets are some of the most are, are one of the most versatile teams offensively. Sure, Blake gives them another big, but then his knees are gone. Blake hasn't dunked in the last three years. Two years, come on. So, <laughs> I think it's just a big name signing and just to help push with depth. But he doesn't give them. He doesn't offer them that much, in my opinion. Listen, when it comes to Blake, he doesn't need to offer them that much. Because right now, what they have in Blake's place is Jeff Green. Jeff Green, I, I was watching Stephen A say this, and like I completely agree with him. I've been thinking this for a while since Jeff Green has been playing for the last three, four years, even when he was on the Cavs. He's, he's a very dynamic player, and he's a very versatile player. He's, a, he's one of the best role players in the league, in my opinion. And Jeff Green... Mm-hmm is a perfect guy to start a power forward on a team like that. where, or, or a perfect guy to run power forward, not necessarily starting, but run significant minutes at power forward on a team like that, where he doesn't need to be the first option, but his dynamic play provides them different angles on every possession. Blake, at this point in his career, is essentially just another one of those guys. He's not really a star anymore. He could be, He's better than Jeff Green right now, talent-wise. But Jeff Green is just healthier and fitter and can do more on the defensive end. But Blake Griffin is still a guy who can come in off the bench. He'll give you 13 to 15 points per game, probably. He'll, he'll give you six rebounds, maybe. And if, if and it's a big if, he can get some knees back in him, which we know is possible. Players make resurgences like this. He can make some highlight plays just to energize that second unit. He doesn't need to be a star for them. He just needs... They have enough stars. In fact, it would be a hindrance if he was a star for them. He just needs to be Blake Griffin 
what he was on the Pistons, but more efficient. A similar sort of role where he's not the main guy anymore. He kind of was still on the Pistons, but for the sixth man, if he's playing sixth man for the Nets, that's the kind of role he's going to have for us, for, for, for the Nets. Yeah, see, I understand that. And I, I agree that he, you know, he can bring a little bit of offense and he can play that kind of Jeff Green role or, or a similar role to what Jeff Green is doing for them right now. Now, to me, it's like, does that add anything significant? Because you already have a couple of guys who can play that that Jeff Green role. Um, he doesn't really help in their problem areas. And where he adds, they already have excess. So he's adding a little bit yeah, of so offense to- and this team does not struggle in offense. They have scores. Not just offense, though. Not just offense. Okay. <clears throat> Y'all need to remember, like, Griffin's first year in Detroit. Like, you need to really put that in your memory because that was maybe statistically his best year in the NBA ever. Oh, Lord. Ever. Wow. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not playing with you. He's, when he was here, he's had his best year in the NBA when he was in on the Pistons. And I mean this not just from a points, um, not just from a points, but sorry, his second year in the Pistons, not his first year. He averaged 24 points, five, re- uh, five assists, and seven rebounds. He was a floor general, and he was wedding it that year, if I remember properly. Yeah, he was shooting 36% from the three, which is pretty good. So he's not just, he's not just another... He's he's an offensive creator. Like he can create shots not just for himself but also for the whole team. So he's a guy who just who you throw in there and he adds to the whole team chemistry. He improves your team chemistry. And defensively, he was not bad. I mean he's not gonna jump he's not gonna jump up with the greatest he's not gonna jump up anymore, but he can he can bang buddies with anybody down low. So you're not gonna move Blake Griffin like that. So he's not a defensive sieve as you guys might imagine. The injuries made him look bad. And it's Detroit, bro. This, he wasn't going to try that hard. But Blake Griffin is actually, I mean, it's a scary pickup. There's, you should not be looking at this as what he's going to add. You should be looking at how scary are they going to become now once all of that meshes together. No, I disagree. I think, I think Blake Griffin is, he, he's a better version of Jeff Green, as I said previously. Like, <clears throat> I mean, you guys, we'll see. It's okay for you to disagree. Yeah, the way I see it is, I understand his year in, in Detroit and he has been hated on a bit too much because of his injuries. And realistically, he's not an 11 point per game, five rebound guy like he's been recently on bad percentages. I said just now he'll be 13 to 15 points per game probably. He'll give you decent percentages from the field, maybe six rebounds and three assists or so. If and you think that's not enough? No, I'm saying that is enough. That's not, I'm saying that's all you need from him though. I said they shouldn't expect it to be a star. It would be a hit. No, but he can. No, but that's exactly yeah. But that's exactly why you want you want a player who has star capability, but is playing a lesser role. Because guess what? When he goes on the bench, or when the other players go on the bench, and he's going off against bench players, he's going to be beasting and feasting on them, bro. Blake Griffin still has that capability, and that's That's also imagine. So it's like a not. It's like an endless barrage. How do you stop it? You have. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Let's say those guys, one of one or two of those guys go sit and then you go pair those guys. I mean Blake Griffin is probably gonna be in the starting lineup, but then you pair those guys with Blake Griffin or Jeff Green. I don't know, but you have all this guy you you have all this Joe Harris. Oh yeah, Joe Harris, yeah, sorry, he might come off the bench. I don't know. But either ways, it's another guy who can give you spacing, scoring at every level and defending at the like defending fours and fives. Semi capably, no, I won't say I won't say the best. 
if he plays to half his second year in Detroit, then it's a really good pickup. Exactly, and that's a scary. That's a scary thought if you think about if it. Because that's not. He doesn't have to do a lot to do that. Y'all need to stop putting. He's not that washed. Detroit is where you go to die. I'll tell you something though. <laughs> the problem with him, yeah, is gonna be Steve Nash, and I'm a bit worried. I like Steve Nash, but he's a rookie head coach, man, and I feel like he's not gonna use him right. Because you know what? When what do rookie head coaches do a lot of the time? They look at what's around. They look at what other people would do in their situation. And they kind of start basing their personality on kind of the current crop of coaches, right? A lot of the things that happen in this situation is when star players go to teams like this is that they get given a lot lesser role. And even when they're on the bench, they don't get to be the star of that bench because they focus on younger guys or like when Spencer Dinwiddie's back next season, if Blake's still there, Blake's not going to run that bench anymore. They're going to give it to Spencer Dinwiddie. And because of that, I feel like his role might be Blake diminished. will love that. I'm saying, no, no, but I'm saying his role might be diminished to the point where he can't, he doesn't get a chance to display his stars, his star potential or star uh, skill level, which he still has. He just doesn't have the athleticism and body anymore. But I'm worried about the coaching, man, because I feel like he has a potential, but if they don't use him right, it could go wrong. I think uh, just, Griffin... I can I get this? Can, can I No, no, no. Uh, please, please. I, I beg you, let me get this. All right, all right. Okay, Steve Nash, yeah, he's a all-star, sorry, he's a MVP season in um, in Phoenix. Do you know what his numbers were? What was it, 15 yeah. points per game and 11 assists or something? Exactly. Who do you think those assists were going to? Amari. Amari. Exactly. So you think that, do you think of all the of all the human beings on the planet who would know and know how to utilize big men, you're worried about Steve Nash? But then this, this, this was a prime Amari Stoudemire, though. Prime Amari Stoudemire and and Blake Griffin right now are two different players. Obviously not. Obviously, they're very, very different players. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as a point guard, the positions you would know best are your position. And usually, I'm saying as a traditional point guard, which is what Steve Nash was, is your position and the center position. Because that's a position that you're playing with the most. That's the guy coming come set your screens, do the hard rolls, the flare outs, whatever you want. You and him communicate a lot. So Steve Nash knows how a center or how a big man should work. He hasn't had the best big man. I mean, when he had Joe Harris, what, where, are they going, where are they going off? Give him a proper big man. And he, this, look at James Harden. Look at who you're playing with. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, like even KD, bro. All this men know how, all these guys know how to play with very good complementary players. So if you give them a great player and tell him, please just be a compliment. And again, let me tell you this. You need to really put this in your mind. Detroit is where you go to die. My guy was given a second life. You think he's not... Bro, if they give him two minutes a night or give him 45 seconds, for those 45 seconds, all he will feel is bliss and he will play to his maximum potential. There will be... There's no grumbles to be... My guy was going to die and then they told him, come get a ring. Tell me... Tell me that Blake Griffin had a, he had a path to the ring before this. My guy was thinking, yo, he started a whole TV show, bro. My guy was going to go be a movie star. <laughs> I tell you, he was he was probably thinking, oh, just quit the NBA. Like he's a comedian, he can make his money off that. So he is gonna be so happy to be in this role, and he will beast, bro. Trust me. Let's see. We'll see in a couple of weeks, no? I think True. Blake Griffin should aim to have a season like Sean Livingston's on the Warrior. Oh, you trying to take him out of the league, huh? <laughs> oh, you trying That's to take him out of the league, huh? When the, Warriors, when the Warriors were winning, Deshaun Livingston, the way he was playing. So, do you think that Blake Griffin should come to the 
to the Brooklyn Nets and average seven points per game? <laughs> Probably, you know, like that's enough. That I, actually, I it might be I enough. Don't think that's enough. Enough. I don't think that's actually, enough actually, actually, no, probably not. That, that isn't no, no. giving anything. Good plus minus. Good plus minus. Brings. Uh, but good. how can he get good plus minus as that if he's not an elite defender? What's he gonna do on the floor? He he's a know. very good. He's he's, he's a, a good floor general. He's he's an okay defender, but he's a good floor general. He's a good defender. He's a bad defender, bro. Blake Griffin was a bad defender in his prime, and now that he's old and his knees hurt, bro. I can tell you. Let me tell you because he was trying to listen. Because in his prime, yeah, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, all them, they really cared more about the blocks than the actual defense. Like it was kind of like the who was it? Was it Javale McGee that used to do that? Like there was a time in McGee's career where he would like literally just back off you, let you take the shot just so you could try to block it. Like that's how they 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 tried to rely on the athleticism too much. But now he knows that he's not gifted like that no more. But he, yo, you can't push that boy around, bro. That that nigga built. Just watch it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he has the the lateral quickness is not there anymore. But bro, if PJ Tucker can do it, if PJ Tucker can be one of the best defenders in the league, bro, I think Griffin has a chance. What does PJ give you? Look, defense, defense. That's what PJ gives you. These are why these players are relevant in the league. This is why, before you went on your little rant about how good Blake Griffin is, I said he's going to average 13 to 15 points per game, 6 to 5 to 6 rebounds and 3 assists, and he's going to be a positive impact off the bench, yeah? Is, are we not in agreement? Yes, I agree that. I agree Then why that. do we have this whole conversation? <laughs> no, because yo, I don't know who brought it up that he's going to be a defensive sieve or something. Y'all need to but respect my I'm man. Saying. That's what I said though. He is going... That's the one place we disagree. He is going to be a defensive problem. But he will counter that with his offense, I think. But you, we have to accept that he will be a defensive problem. He will be. I think he's an, up, I think he's an upgrade from Jeff Green. I mean, Jeff Green's still playing, but I would rather have Blake Griffin playing that five position than Jeff Green. Jeff Green starts for me. Big, big respect. No, no, but no, I'm saying big respect. No, obviously none of those guys should start. DeAndre Jordan should start. See, this this debate is why I feel like Steve Nash is going to have a a bit of a difficult time. But moving on from uh, Blake Griffin, we've got another guy playing the same position again in LaMarcus Aldridge, who's just come to an agreement with the Spurs to part ways. He's going to be inactive, him and PJ Tucker. Uh, PJ Tucker, obviously, for the Houston Rockets. They're both going to be inactive until they can get traded or a buyout can be agreed. Um, let's start with LaMarcus Aldridge. Where do you guys think he could end up? First, we'll, hold on, hold on. First, we could we could start with first, um, where would we, he end up in a trade scenario? And Because mm. the free agency, there's actually only three teams that have the cap space to pick him up. One of them is the Knicks, one of them is the Hornets, and I think, uh, I forget the third one, I think it might be the Kings. But yep. of those three teams, I don't think it really benefits any of them for him to go there. So, in in a trade scenario, it's pretty unlikely. Because for cap space to match up, it would then have to be a three or four team trade. So, I think it's more likely he's going to go to the buyout market. So, we're going to look at all the teams in the league now, not just potential trade destinations. What team do you think uh, LaMarcus Aldridge should go to? I have got two teams in mind for him. I'm not sure. It's tough because I don't know where he fits perfectly. Um, but I think the Raptors could make it work and the Wizards could also make it work. Um, both those teams are missing a big man, that like a versatile big man pretty much. 
Did you just say the Wizards? Yo, LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to leave the Spurs to go to the Washington Wizards. No way. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more the Denver Nuggets. Uh, yeah, like, this man said the Washington Wizards. <laughs> no way. Yeah, the Dallas but then, Mavericks. Yeah, but how many minutes is he going to be playing beside Jokic and what's the other guy? Is it Plumley? I don't think he cares about bro. This is this is what I'm telling you, bro. This is Lamarcus Aldridge. This man don't he was the all he was a star in Portland and he was a star in the Spurs before he before he kind of dropped off. I don't think he really cares. I don't think he really cares that much about playing time right now. He done done all the playing. He wants to win. He wants to go to a place where he could potentially win a ring. Like, if he could get some playing time at the same time, too, that's perfect. But, I mean, if he could get, like, great featured playing time at the same time, that's okay. But I feel like he's more than he's more than happy to come off the bench on a championship contender. So, you saying the Washington Wizards, bro... He ain't gonna go see... He doesn't want to go see Biden, bro. He don't need his 1400 stimulus check. He's good. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge. I think he'll be he'll be perfect on the Sixers, bro, because they need some spacing. He can be a spacing guy, and they also need a guy who can just kind of do something other than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Because Joel Embiid, we know over over history that centers struggle to be the main focal point in a team nowadays because of the way the NBA is set up. And Joel Embiid is the best equipped to kind of overcome that. Uh, but even so, it's still better to kind of have a guy who can create his own shot in a way. Ben Simmons has no three-point shot. When it comes to playoff time, he the reality is he really is going to struggle, to be honest. He really is going to struggle. Because I would just back up six, seven feet. Drive at me. I'll have time to recover. It's fine. Like, th- there's ways to guard him when you slow the offense down that much. You can read everything he's going to do at times because if he's not trying to pass, if you close down all the passing lanes, just keep him far enough away and you're fine. It's literally, it's the truth. And I don't know, maybe because I've seen him shoot a few threes now and he's made a few. Maybe he's really hiding it for the playoffs. He could be really hiding it for the playoffs just to surprise defenses. I don't know, but the way it's set up right now, (laughs) I think that they need a guy who can create their own shot. And LaMarcus Aldridge, if it's at the last two minutes of a playoff game, if he's hot, because he won't be hot every game, he's old as hell. If he's hot, he will give you six, seven post-ups in a row, and he'll make a good amount of them. He will give you unguardable shooting, basically, bro. LaMarcus, that fade, exactly, that fade away, bro. If he if that side is dropping, there is not a single person in the league who is... The only person who could potentially stop him is his teammate, Embiid. So there's no other person in the league that can even try to stop that. Embiid, I've seen him do it on Embiid. It's it's ridiculous. He's so smooth with it. He's one of the best fadeaways in recent memory. And it's, I think just that one shot, like what we said about Jeff Green, what makes him such a versatile player, also is kind of to his detriment when it comes to the level of player he can be, is the fact that he doesn't specialize in anything. LaMarcus Aldridge may not have the all-round game anymore, but the fact that he specializes in those post-ups is so valuable to a team because it shows it shows the NBA, hey, that's another problem we have to deal with. When that guy gets the ball in that position, you have to double him. You have to throw some people at him. You have to do something. You can't just let him score because that's what he will do. He will just score. 
Um, uh, moving on to to the second guy that you you mentioned that you know is also away from his team until they're able to find a deal, PJ Tucker. Um, mm-hmm. I know we we kind of covered him a little bit. He's a defensive specialist. He can hit corner uh, corner threes. Over the past couple of years, he's been one of the top in the league at hitting that corner threes at a high clip. Where do you guys see him landing in either free agency or in the buyout market? Or do I think he's going to end? So not free agency, in the trade market, rather. Um, I don't really see the Rockets cutting him because his salary is a little friendly. Um, where do you guys see him ending up in the trades or if it gets to um, uh, free agency via buyout? Uh, so, it could be many teams. Nobody want to go? I, I know the Lakers want him. I think he'll be a nice fit in the Lakers. It just pisses uh, me off. It just pisses me off because it's like it's the rich getting richer. But you know what? I'd I like that because, you know, I, I feel like, come on, fam. How are you going to have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin on one team? Come on, if we're going to do that one side, stack the chips on the other side too. Give us a fun matchup. Send PJ Tucker to the Lakers. But in terms of moving pieces, I'm not sure exactly how. I know they have a lot of potential pieces they can, make, they can move to make the salary cap match. Um, but in terms of actual people, I'm not too sure about that right now. Um, I know uh, I wouldn't want to move Montrez. I don't think that's even a match in terms of salary. You could possibly I wouldn't move. move Montrez. No way. No. Not for that. Not for. I PG. think a team. I think a team he should go to or could go to would be Miami. Mm. Miami's they, a good shout. They they've had a rough start. They've rebounded, but they're they're still lacking a power forward. He could go there. They'd have to move some pieces. Maybe Avery Bradley or Miles Leonard. Miles Leonard has just made himself expendable after his um. His uh, spurt. His uh, his um, Miss Twitch Hunt. account. I'd say send West Matthews to the Rockets and give them oh, some picks. I'll trade you West Matthews right now for a pack of bubblegum, bro. This man is shooting straight bricks. Exactly. Even you could even trade put pressure precious um, forget his last name. Achua. Yeah, precious uh, precious Achua. Yeah. I think they want to see what they have in him, but. You see, the Lakers, it, it just makes sense with the Lakers, to be honest. Uh, yeah. He's like a Jared Dudley 2.0. Much better than Jared Dudley, but oh, yeah. he looks kind of like him, bro. Um, he's like Jared Dudley, but he's into shoes. And <laughs> he, he, I can just see the Lakers jersey on him already, bro. I'm not going to lie. But a team that I would love to see him on is the Dallas Mavericks because they're struggling right now, and they're struggling for shooting. If they have him running with them... That's a great guy that they can have on the wing. The Steph Curry, there's not Steph Curry, goddamn. The Seth Curry Josh Richardson trade didn't really work out for them. They seem to be on the losing end of that trade. Mm-hmm. And his defense isn't making up for his lack of offense right you now. You don't trade a Curry, bro. You should know this. You don't trade a Curry, bro. He can yeah. shoot. Listen, I, I don't know why they did that. I was confused why they did that. I think it was because Josh Richardson had just had a season where he was shooting very well from three. Yeah, uh, and he's more athletic. Prior, but the season prior to that with Miami. And. Yeah. I think they were looking at the defensive upside from Josh Richardson. Like, he can guard more guys in the wing. Maybe not quite as good of a shooter, but he's a 3 and D guy. And he can be dynamic for you. But in the end, they lost out because they lost that edge that they had, which was the spacing that Luka could get because of the spacing that was provided for him by the team. He's Mm -hmm. not getting it anymore. And we see it affecting his stats. He may still be averaging whatever it is, 29, 9, and 9 is ridiculous numbers. But he's shooting lower from the field. 
He's shooting lower from three. It's he's tougher. Everything is, everything tough is tougher. He's, everything's tougher for him. And I think PJ Tucker could really open up the floor for him and make the West genuinely interesting. Because if PJ Tucker comes, Porzingis can stay healthy. Excuse me. I care about the finals, bro. At the end of the day, what's with all of these things? If you go and face Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin, stack the PJ teams Tucker. up. Send Steph Curry to the Lakers, bro. I don't do a mid-season trade. I don't, I don't care. Stack, I stack the teams up. I want an interesting finals. That's all I care about. I'm not trying to have... At this right, point on, in time, on, it's looking like it's going to be a sweep, bro. If the I'm telling you, yeah, if the Brooklyn Nets perform to the maximum of their potential and every, every team in the NBA performs to their maximum potential, it's a sweep from the Nets. Uh, not, I, I wouldn't go as far as sweep. Nah, I think they win in six against the Lakers. But I think they win in six against the Bucs and I think they win in six against the Lakers. But I take my Lakers in four. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Lakers in four. You can't say no more. <laughs> Listen, KD. all I'm gonna yep. say, all I'm gonna say, is on this nonsense of send Steph to the Lakers, we're gonna end <laughs> this discussion. <laughs> and speaking, speaking oh, oh, of just, midseason, go on, Chisum. Oh yeah, I was, I was just going to say the Lakers actually do need um, guys like. PJ Tucker and Andre Drummond right now because last night Damian Jones started at center for the Lakers. Exactly. And Keith Moore oh, started Lord. at the four for the Lakers. Oh no. Um, we almost got slapped by by the Pistons. Um, it was we came out with a with a five point win. It was not pretty. One hundred five to one hundred. So we need we need to make moves and PJ Tucker is right there for the taking. So Lakers need to jump on that. ASAP. But I feel like more than PJ Tucker, Andrew Drummond is there for the taking. Absolutely. I, I feel like is needed by you guys. Oh my yeah, God. I, bro, 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 look at that squad now. That, that that's fun. Give me LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, uh, Dennis Schroeder against Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Blake Griffin. That's a little bit more entertaining. And that's Lakers. And that they have like NBA two uh, K blacktop. Kind of exactly, thing. bro. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. If we if we try to do this, let's do it the proper way. You know. All the way. Anyway, oh my we, god, that's we, gonna be scary. We we running out of time. All right, Jesus, <laughs> cut all this right. out. Take, take us out, Jesus. Take us out. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for for listening to this episode of Pump Fix and Hot Takes. It was a pleasure making this. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, any last words? Any words of wisdom from from our guy Adam? Take care of yourselves and hydrate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hydrate, people. You gotta hydrate. <laughs> Stay hydrated. I just got to say something. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle is the king of New York. He's the greatest Julius. Yeah, since and he's Caesar. the greatest Julius since Caesar. And if you are not subscribed, if you do not like, if you do not have any positive comments, your mom's, your mom's a hoe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. L- last thing that. Yeah, last thing I would say is the Nets added Blake Griffin to uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden, all just so they can try to take down Julius Randle, the god. And they might not, they still might not succeed. The East is tough. KD can't guard Julius Randle. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think you are? It's a mismatch. I saw. I saw spin move. I saw spin move, spin move. I saw spin move every time. What DeAndre Jordan? Get out of here, man. Big move. body. <laughs>